more money, you got less problems. At least mine, the ones all your basics accounted for. Team Elite, I run with them, guaranteed to be Final Four. Less money, you got more problems. More money, you got less problems. At least. Good evening once again, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tyrell coming to you from back, bringing Albany Communities knowledge. And tonight I have the guest, uh, the privilege of having uh, Daryl McRae, uh, my dude from Bricks Barbershop, among one of many things. Uh, uh, and I've been working with this brother for years now, and it's a pleasure to be able to bring him and have him on tonight and to see what his views are and what he has to say uh, for the state of Albany, uh, his beliefs and what he wants for the community. Um, actually, I think uh, Daryl might be the first person that's actually not from Albany, but has been in Albany for quite some time. But uh, I'm going to be able to find out his story because I have never found out the entire story either. So uh, first things first, man, uh, welcome, uh, uh, welcome to back. Thank you for coming on tonight, D. I greatly appreciate you taking your time because I know you are a man that is busy, 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 brother. Man, listen, bro. First of all, thank you very much, man. I appreciate the opportunity, man. One, to be, you know, interviewed by you, brother. You know, somebody that I admire and respect and care for dearly, brother. You know, um, you know, this is dope, man. You know, so whatever it is, man. And, you know, as far as that, me being busy, man, I do my best to be productive. You know, okay. what I mean? we can be busy doing nothing. You know what I mean? Touche, touche. Yeah, yeah. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing worse than that. Be like, you have a person that I'm doing X, Y, and Z. I'm yeah. doing this, 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 and this. But it's like, what, what did it amount to? Yeah. Spin yeah. tires. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Uh, like I said, I'm interested in getting to your story and hearing what you've been up to. So I'm gonna hit you with your first question for tonight. All right. Uh, and the first question is, you know, what are you doing now? What passion projects are you working on or new endeavors are you a part of? Uh, this is your opportunity to tell me, to tell us, you know I mean? What are you involved in? What have you been working on? And what are your new projects for the future uh, as it pertains to Albany? Let us in, D. Oh, man. Well, you know, um, one thing about me, I, I've uh, put my hands in quite a bit. You know, uh, and I think that it's important for somebody like myself to do that, you know, and anyone else to pretty much, you know, find your niche, man, you know, find what works best for you. Um, lately and also uh, past, I've been working uh, with the 369th Veterans Association, mm. uh, which is a black established uh, veterans association that started back in 1953 and the only African American. Veterans Association that has a congressional charter. Um, it's an organization that I was blessed to have the opportunity to be um, an officer and a current officer in the organization. Um, it's been, you know, an uphill battle because, you know, a lot of times in our communities, man, you know, organizations and whatnot that may be operated by elders find it difficult to, to let go and the trust, mm. you know, visions of younger people. And rightfully so, you know, when they've been passionate about something and mm. that they, they've built, they, it should be protected, you know, mm. but 
I'm grateful that uh, past president Jim Daniels saw in me fit to, uh, you know, join the organization and also take a lead position in the organization and uh, try to bring some light to it, man. So uh, since, you know, and I'm the past president, but I'm now the national vice president of Albany district, man. So um, we've, we've done, we've been a part of some great things, man. Um, there was a coin. Uh, I should have had one here with us, with me. But, uh, you know, there's been a coin that's been minted, uh, mm -hmm. commissioned by the U.S. Mint, Sergeant Henry Johnson coin, uh, mm -hmm. where there's only 500 in the world. Uh, we mm -hmm. do have some of these coins. Uh, these coins are issued to um, every winner of the Sergeant Henry Johnson Award. Nice. That of the city of Albany. You know, so there's, uh, it's coming up on our fourth year. Um, and it's, it's, it's an award, it's a prestigious award, man. It's an award that, that should, you know, stand out in the community because of one, just the history of Sergeant Johnson and the, the Harlem Hellfighters of 369. Just that history alone, man, should bring some attention and some light, man. But uh, along with that, brother, uh, there's recently, man, there's been a project that has been financed. Um, mm. There's a, a film company out of England, man, called 555 Films. Uh, okay. I was a part of a sales pack uh, two years ago, 2018. And uh, right now, um, the sales pack work, they have funding. So we just finished up. I just did uh, my last interview two, almost two weeks ago, myself and uh, okay. our current president, Ron Wilson, man. You know, so this is a, a, a documentary, man, that's going to air on a, a major public network, on a major network. Okay. Um, it includes uh, myself, uh, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, um, mm. Colin Powell, Cornell West, mm. um, Wynton Marsalis, John Baptiste of The Tonight Show, uh, and just a, a slew of of others, man, you know, um, and it's, and what I want people to understand, man, is that this isn't about myself, man. Mm. I was invited by President Daniels to be a part of this organization to continue their legacy in the men's uh, who put, who established this organization to continue their legacy and that the history of Sergeant Henry Johnson and the Harlem Hellfighters would not be forgotten. So it's my responsibility to get involved in on different levels uh, to to ensure that this legacy is not forgotten and that is told. Okay. Uh, so uh, this is one vehicle, man. That that's great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're looking, you know. They uh, it was it, it's just an honor, man. And I'm just blessed, brother. You know, it's so much, man. I want to say. But I'm just so blessed, man. I'm so blessed to be a part of this community and to be a part of this community in this time. Yeah. This yeah. is a pivotal moment that we're having right now in the community that we're mm. experiencing. And it requires energies, man, and light mm. energies, you know, mm. that help us navigate to a better city and to a better people. You Correct. Know, most importantly, Correct. a better people. So I hope Correct. I, you know, that, there's more, brother, but, you know. Okay. Okay. Actually, actually. I want to. Hey, listen, listen. That That's going to be the goal, man. Good luck with that one. Yeah. But 
uh, actually, I want to ask you a question. So, uh, uh, one, I know that I know that you said that uh, uh, you're a part of this organization, but yes, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, uh, were you a, a, a how do you say a, a paratrooper? How do you say yeah, it? Yeah, man. You know, uh, part of the one of the requirements to be a part of this organization is you have to be a veteran, and okay. I am uh, a U.S. Army paratrooper, Gulf War veteran with the 82nd Airborne Division. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I had my experience in the military uh, along with the war as well. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to be able to make that connection, you know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, uh, everything that uh, that should be obvious uh, may not always be obvious. But, right, you know, right, right. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, uh, uh, thank you uh, for your service as always, brother. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, you touched on something uh, in regards to the passing of the torch and leadership. Mm -hmm. And and just think about it. We're just like, you know, uh, just recently we uh, uh, we had a staple just like uh, John uh, John Lewis who passed away. And right. I, I was I was having this conversation. Um, might have been with my wife. I'm not sure who who I was talking to recently, but it was just like it's it's what happens when we don't have those connections between generations is just like what happens when you lose a person like John Lewis or what happens when, what happens if that, uh, that uh, previous past president before you didn't feel comfortable enough to pass that on to you. And this is like, we end up losing knowledge between generations because no one bridges the gap. Right. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's a blessing to have a person like you to step into one for them to feel comfortable enough passing over something that they love and, you know what I mean, to, for them to be able to take the creative juices of something new. Because sometimes it's, it's almost kind of like a, um, a gridlock that we get into. Just like uh, our elders who have earned their right, you know what I mean, don't make enough wiggle room for the new generation to come in. And then the new generation are so stubborn and they think that they have it their own way that they don't want to connect with the elders. So we end up at a gridlock instead of, you know what I mean, bridging the gap. Right. So, you know what I mean? So I just, I just wanted to, once again, commend you on that one uh, because yeah, that's a huge part of carrying on the community. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. bro. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Let me see. All right. Here's the, here's the interesting question for you. Uh, one, um, the question is, where's your favorite place to go to in Albany and why? But before you ask that question, like I think I might have started off earlier, I think you might be my first interviewee who's actually not originally from Albany, but I don't even know that to be true. You know what I mean? But I think so. But uh, where, where are you from originally, D? Man, I'm from a small town in Louisiana, brother. Waterproof, mm -hmm. Louisiana. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in between Waterproof and Seattle, Washington. Uh, okay. My family migrated from Louisiana to Seattle. So I grew up in both places, man, back and forth. You know, I spent two years in Louisiana, a year in Seattle. A year in Louisiana, two years in Seattle. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, and I ended up graduating high school in Seattle, Washington. You know, okay. so shout out to, you know, my peoples in Waterproof. You know what I mean? Seattle, what's up? Because they're going to see okay. this. Absolutely. Okay. Question. So when, when, did, when did you migrate to Albany? Uh, I came to Albany, man, right after I got out of the military, man. Um, I met my uh, my wife at that time, you know, down uh, in North Carolina, you know what I mean? Mm. She was from the area and uh, moved, and I didn't want to go back 
to uh, Louisiana nor did I want to go back to Seattle. So I said, you know, let's go to New York. You know what I mean? And to be honest with you, man, New York wasn't supposed to be the it. You know what I mean? It was temporary. But, you know, hey, with a young family, man, a hustle and bustle, you get caught up. And then, you know, hey, me starting out, you know, working in a barbershop, you get intertwined and you end up getting woven into the fabric of the city, you know, and I'm here, man, you know, mm. here and I ain't going nowhere, bro. Okay. Hey, listen, man, I already know you got your, uh, what's it called? You got your talents in. You are deeply rooted here. Yeah. But, you know, it was definitely something I wanted to know anywho, because it was just like, you know, yeah. I know you've been here for uh, for years. I seen a post the other day uh, just with uh, something else. I was like, man, you know, how long has D been in Albany for? You yeah. know, you know, uh, but, you know, uh, so when we go back to the original question, what's your favorite place to go to in Albany and why? Um, to be honest with you, man, I like going downtown, man, in Lincoln Park, man, you mm. know, because uh, when I first moved to Albany, I, I moved downtown, you know, well, I was uptown first for, for a year, but I spent most of my time downtown, so. Uh, you know, I had animals, man. I'd take my dog walking and, you know, I found that to be a, a tranquil spot for me, man, you mm. know, and uh, I like visiting it often, man. I'll go down there just to sit, bro, you okay. know? Yeah. Okay. My thoughts, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mine was always the riverfront. Yeah. You know I mean, since I was younger, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, once I learned how to get down there, that was always my place of peace. You know right. what I mean? Sometimes I just get missing. Like, yo, Rel, where'd you go? Oh, I'm just chilling at my spot. You know what I mean? Only very few people knew where my spot was. You know what I mean? Right. We'd be down there. And a bunch of my brothers used to do the same thing. We'd go right down there by the riverfront, chill by the water, play chess, or mm -hmm. just sit out there and just think. You know what I mean? I come from a family of thinkers. So right. we're always somewhere off thinking. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's, that's one of my hobbies, man. Is thinking, <laughs> I really enjoy it. <laughs> really, I, I was literally just having, I've been having a conversation with one of the guys I used to mentor and model all day today. And mm. it was too funny because uh, even when he was still in high school, I would always tell him he's such a deep thinker. And I'm just having this conversation with him earlier today. And I'm just like, bro, you know, sometimes you can be so deep that sometimes you can get lost in your deepness. So, you know, you right. got to remember to still, you know what I mean, go deep, but be able to, you know what I mean, stay uh, present too. Right. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, so I was just having this conversation with, with this guy for maybe about the last three hours. It's like, yeah, right. man, so, 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 so go deep, but don't go too deep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come, come back. Right. Mm -mm. Let me see. Um, uh, thinking about your younger self, D., if there was something that you wish that somebody would have told you as a young man, um, what would you have wished someone told you as a young man? Thinking of the younger Daryl. Thinking of the younger Daryl, I wish somebody would have explained that we live a duality, man. Mm. You know, as far as spiritual our spiritual self and our physical self, man. Because if that's what most of our struggles are in life, man, you know, is that duality, you know, our spiritual side, which is our conscious side, and then our, our fleshly side, man, which is the natural man that, that wants all the things that usually 
aren't the the, the best for us. Mm. You know? So I, I wish I had that explained to me, man, because I was a young person, brother, that was <clears throat> very inquisitive. You know, mm. I was that kid, man, that why, why? And people always told me to shut up, you know, and a lot of times they told me to shut up because they didn't have an answer for me, you mm. know, because I asked a question that may have challenged their level of thought at that time, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, oh, boy, you think you're trying to be slick, smart, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Smart Alec, you know, shut up. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wanted to know things, man, and I I would have wanted to know that. Okay. Okay. It's, um, it's, um, it's actually interesting that you say it because a lot of times, like you said, if a person doesn't know the answer to the question you may be asking, it, as opposed to just saying, I don't know, right? It's just like, well, you know what? Like you said, I'm going to shoot you down for even questioning <laughs> anything. But I've learned that it's like it's a unfair pressure that uh, kids put on themselves and adults. Like we right. put this pressure on ourselves to know. And right. It's like, yo, there's nothing greater than being able to say, I don't know. Right. It's just like, yo, I mean, listen, I can learn from anybody. So it's right. like, but I, I can't learn faking the, uh, faking the front. So it's just like, right. you know what, if it's something that you've done or something that you've accomplished or something that you're doing, I'm going to ask. Right. Like, actually, you know, like I remember one time, uh, you, you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago and you said a term to me and I was like, can you explain that to right, me? Right, right, you right, right. I mean, it's just like, right. nah, man, ask the question. Ask the <laughs> question. That's I mean, right. That's the only way you learn. That's it, man. No, that's it. And never, never minimize the question. Because mm. you know? there's no such thing as a stupid question, man. Question is a question. Question is a question. I got a question for you about education. Yeah. Uh, do you think education saved you or opened up doors for you? What are your views on education? Oh uh, man, nah, not at all, man. You know, okay. uh, education didn't do that for me, brother. Um, I I was challenged. You know? <laughs> You know, it was challenging for me, man. And I know there's some people watching this talking about some, yep, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, and it wasn't that I didn't want to learn anything. It was that what I was learning, man, didn't, I, I didn't get it. You know, it didn't fit me. You know, nothing that I learned was for Daryl, man. I mean, there were some things that I was able to learn and, and apply it to my life, but Nah, man, you know, I mean, when you talk about history, and I'm a fan of history, mm. you know, I am a historian at heart, and when you start talking about, you get to one section of the history book, and black people was slaves, and that's it, you know mm. what I mean? <laughs> like, that's mm -hmm. it, we got Martin yep. Luther King, and you know me, that's it, you yep. know, it was not empowering, I wasn't empowered in school, you know. Okay. Not at all, man. So I hope that answers your question, man. I can no, no, it does. It does. And actually, it, it goes back to the conversation I just had with our last guest, Omar. He was talking about how um, he said, you know, uh, if, if anything, he always felt that, you know, they in the education system, they did a disservice to him about telling him about people that looked like him. Because the very mm -hmm. first, uh, what you just said, it was just like right. his first introduction in the school education system to what black people look like, it was slavery. And right. I was telling him about a, a book by Kawanza Kanjufu where he talks about the destruction of young black males. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he identifies in a book. He was just like, young males could be like uh, the studs in the classroom. They'll always answer the question. They want to bring their teachers 
apples, you know, they want to sit in the front of the class up until fourth grade. And it was just like in, uh, you know, up until fourth grade, it was like they start to get uh, reserved and start to pull themselves back. And he was just saying that's also the first introduction into history and the education system and, wh and where they start to identify people that look like them. Right. And, you know, so it was just like, yeah, man, it's kind of like, so, so and I actually, to be honest, I didn't expect that answer, you know what I mean? Because everybody, uh, I love it, but everybody's always like, you know, education, yeah, education, but I love it because you're a perfect example that, you know, that typical mold doesn't have to be the same for everybody. Success is different. Absolutely. Uh, for, yeah. Yeah. Didn't do it for me, brother. Nah. <laughs> he said, simple as that. Nah. Yeah, yeah, didn't didn't do it. For me. Uh, I got educated in the streets, man, by people. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's where I got my education, brother. Absolutely. Okay. 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 Let me see. All right. Here's here's a here's a question staying staying on school. Um, during your during your time through K through uh, kindergarten through twelfth grade, did racism uh, show up or play a part in your education that you received? Oh man, absolutely! You know, like I said, brother. You know, I grew up in Louisiana yeah. in Seattle, Washington. So yeah. there was it was like a time warp I would go through, man. You know, going to school mm. in Seattle and experiencing something so totally different. Where you know, hey, you know, you had the classroom with you know, I had my Chinese brother. I had a, you know, Korean uh, sister. You know what I mean? My black sister, mm -hmm. my white sister. You know, everybody just a picture, a collage of different peoples, man. Then I go to Louisiana, and, you know, it's just all black, you mm -hmm. know. You know, and then, you know, we were educated. We were taught a little bit differently, you know. And I, and I appreciated the mm -hmm. difference. Now, so let me correct that answer that I gave you earlier. It was, I got a different education in the South, you know what okay. I mean? Because I had all black teachers, you know what I mean? Principals, black, everybody's black, man, you know? So now you're being taught your lessons, but you're getting it from the perspective of auntie, mm. uncle, you know what I'm okay. saying? You know, big brother, you know, uh, big mama in the lunchroom, in the kitchen cafeteria, you know, that's what we had. We had grandmothers in there, you know, cooking, you know, our lunches, man. So when we would go through the lunch lines, man, we had a system, uh, a structure of black people, man, that mm -hmm. enforced, you better do right. Mm -hmm. You better learn something. You better get this, you know what I mean? Or we're going to get on your behind, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, speaking about education from that aspect, man, oh, yeah, I benefited from that environment because... Okay. Not only did we learn about other things, yes, we did touch, you know, about black history and whatnot, but you got it from a different perspective. You got the history from, like I said, your uncle, your auntie, mm -hmm. you know, not someone that was just, you felt that they were there just to get a check. You mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying? Correct. You know, Correct. So that, that's the difference, brother. It yeah. sounds like it sounds like you got it uh, in uh, real time, in real life in Louisiana. Absolutely. Because, like you said, it was uh, you seen the village. It yeah. wasn't just some far off character. It was just like everyone was important. The the uh, the mom or the dad who worked in the in in the in the kitchen was just as important as the person who was the janitor for the building. And they all had equal say 
in regards to what you were supposed to do, uh, which was to come here, educate yourself, be better than this, and get on out of here. It was, uh, sounds like uh, uh, you identified or con um, connected with that village more so there, you know, uh, than uh, in Seattle, where it was more of a melting pot. You know what I mean? And it was mm -hmm. just like, which, which makes sense. And it's just right. like, you know, I can only imagine because I didn't start traveling until I got older. But mm -hmm. it was just like, I, I, I think having those experiences, being able to travel, um, you know what I mean, early helps to shape, you know what I mean, what you expect. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so to be able to be going back and forth every two years from Seattle to Washington, getting the best of both worlds, it, it opens you up to a lot more and it also may harden you to a lot more too because you see the disparity uh, from one place to another. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me see. Come on, brother. We're going to get you. It's <laughs> 20, man. Here you go. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement isn't just about police brutality. It is also about dismantling systematic racism. Uh, what would be your top two to three goals for us to tackle if you were mobilizing the black community? Oh man, well, the first thing that I would do, man, is uh, identify those in the community that have not only just influence, but vision. You know, now is a time for visionaries, man. You know, I noticed, you know, I was at a meeting last night, man, and, you know, I, I try to, you know, pop my head in and attend different, you know, uh, meetings and whatnot throughout the community, man. And there has to be a change as far as a changing of the guard, man, that needs to take place. And you have to identify people with visions, man, for the community, because there's people in leadership positions in the city that have no vision. Because if you had a vision, you have a plan for the people. Because the people need a plan right now, man. Our people need a plan. You know, obviously, we've been participating in different marches uh, throughout the world. And uh, we are hurt. We're hurt. Uh, you know, we're, we're angry. Um, we need direction. We need answers. We need directions, man. So that would be the first thing I would do is identify a group of people, man, and get them together to form committees, man. You know, this is something I had put a post on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, man. It was just, it's a recommendation. But I think that it would be very beneficial. Because now when you have these people involved, man, now you can make, these are the, and also, these are people that are identified by our community. Okay. You know what I mean? So now when you have these people uh, as representatives, man, these are the individuals, man, that can speak on your behalf, man, and have our best interests at heart and understanding what's needed for our community, man, you know, to be able to navigate through this. Because that's what we need, man. We need navigators, man. Real navigators. I remember seeing the post. I seen the post, and then I, I seen everyone's recommendations for, for for who they thought, and rightfully so. Everyone has their own uh, opinions of who does what. So Absolutely. how do you how do you narrow it down to focus in on a particular group or a particular amount of people 
how do you how, how would you how would you narrow uh, something like that down to to build that committee you were speaking of? Well, for one, it is going to definitely require a subcommittee. You know, of uh, I would suggest elders, people mm -hmm. that really know this community, uh, from this community, that have put their heart in this community, and also know what it takes uh, from all aspects when it comes to economics. What we need from the education, you know, uh, all different aspects of the community, man. You need these people that have that knowledge to know what it needs, what the community needs, man, to, to assist in this time, man. Because without any organization, man, at this particular time, man, uh, we're going we're gonna to be behind the eight ball, man. I mean, we are already behind the eight ball. Yeah. You know? But if we don't really take advantage of this time and this season, man, it's going to be a rough road for us, man. You know, mm. rough, rough, rough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that, uh, that was part one of mobilizing. Was there a part two of mobilizing? Uh, oh, 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 or was that all intertwined? Uh, man, listen, brother. I mean, that's, that's a part of it. You know, I got a, I put something, I put a whole little spill together, man. I don't want to take up the time, man. You know, but, uh, you know, we definitely can talk about that for another conversation, man. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. God, God has blessed me, man, and you know I have vision along with others, and there are very bright, brilliant people in this community, man, that have visions, man, and it's time for us to come together and okay. uh, operate as one, man. Okay. Well, listen, brother, I trust your vision, whatever that vision is. You know, I know, I know you have mentioned some of it to me uh, in the past, so I trust your vision and whatever it is, Thank and you. I think that. Uh, what you said earlier was absolutely correct. We don't need just people who have influence, but you need individuals who have vision. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's, uh, so you need some people that have charisma. You need some people that have policy. You need a little bit of everything in order to give us everything that we need. Man, yeah. we, need, you, we need to bring the, the, the people that need to be there are the people that have that it, you know what I mean? And the community needs, knows it. You know, yeah. we know who's who out here, brother. You know what I mean? You know, we know who's really doing things and who's not. And and we have to speak on it. We have to put truth to power, you know, um, and do it tactfully, you know, because, uh, yeah, we have some elders. There's people that have done some work and not to minimize it, what they've done. But, hey, man, your, your time is probably up. And uh, you might want to consider uh, your successor at this particular okay. Okay. So, so, so y your biggest takeaway, uh, in regards to, uh, 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 police brutality or the uh, systematic racism that everyone's addressing, like I said, right now is a different time period. So it's pretty much get organized, put the plan together and mobilize accordingly. Yeah, absolutely, man. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. That, that's what we got to do, brother. And it starts with us, you know, uh, there's, we have to do it. We have to do it amongst each other. You know, we have to come together and identify what it is that we need for our communities to, to be a better community, man. Obviously, economics is right on the top. You know, yeah. we ain't talking about the money. We really ain't talking about anything. You know, we, um, and, um, bro, I could go into the long Okay, story. okay. You know, Okay. I'm, I'm, and I'm sensitive. I'm passionate and sensitive on that topic, man. 
Okay. Yeah, we, okay. we, we got to come together. That's a must. We have to. Yeah, man. I, and I, I hope we do. I hope we do because Albany deserves more. Uh, the people of Albany deserve more than what we've been given ourselves. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a stickler for accountability. You know what I mean? Accountability yeah. starts uh, starts with yourself. So it's just like, what can I do? Also realizing my own limitations, what can I do? Right. You know what I mean? But it's just like, you know, if everyone does this part, it's like synergy. The, the uh, what is it? The sum of the whole is greater than any of the individual parts. Right. So if everyone does their part, you know what I mean, we'll be where we need to be. As opposed to everyone trying to get their piece, you know what I mean? I'm going to get my own little piece of this pie and I'm going to go run or whatever. But it's just like, you know, ultimately, it's a lot more of us that fall in the gap uh, when everybody else goes and does their own thing as opposed to us trying to stay the course. And I get it, though. It's one, you know what I mean? I've always said I don't really have the stomach for politics, you know what I mean? But, you know, I respect it because it's a place for it. And it's just right. like, you know, but um, being able to put the proper people where they need to be to be uh, influential in the lives. So it's not as many of us getting lost in that uh, uh, in that crevice. You know, what I mean, and but the other part is that, you know, what I mean, with accountability, you just got to uh, be a realist too. some right. people don't want it the same way. And right. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yeah. I learned that from experience. Brother, and this right. is the fact. This yeah, is- I learned that from experience, man. You can sit here and want it until you blew in the face for a community, for a person, but uh, uh, they have to want it too. The individual has to want it too. And, you know, that's the other part, just realizing, holding on long enough to realize that it's something greater than what you see right now. And that's like the whole premise with, uh, with back. You know what I mean? Uh, realizing that, yeah, I know you're getting bombarded with a lot of images of negativity and what's going on, and it's real, and it's uh, it's a safety issue. It's a concern. Right. It's fear based, but right. also it isn't the end. Right. You know what I mean? It isn't the end. It's it's pointed out a lot of different dynamics that we got to change. You know what I mean? It's pointed out uh, a lot more concerns or needs that we have, but it isn't the end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If anything, we should be inspired and motivated to figure out what our part and the larger sum of things is so that, that everything can come together at the proper time. Right. Yeah, Let me see. Actually, on that, uh, sadly, Albany has seen more and more violence and our communities have experienced lots of loss over the past few years. Uh, even uh, 2020, uh, 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 2020 by itself. You know what I mean? You know, I, I read the Times Union every day, even li- living down here in the D.C. metro area, and I stay up on everything uh, 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 there. So, you know, what changes would you like to see? What is your hope for the city, D? Oh, man, brother. Man, uh, besides uh, seeing uh, a unified city, man, you know, I, I, I mean, as far as some of the changes I'd like to see, man, There's policies, there's things that need to be in place, man, for me to see anything, you know. Um, as far as gun violence is concerned, brother, you know, and I'm, I might, you know, deviate from your question just a little bit. 
gun violence is affecting our community and it affects our community the most in America. Um, I would like to see more done when it comes to how these guns are getting here, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we keep seeing who's doing the shooting, who shot who, who's bringing this shit here. Mm -hmm. You know, where where are the task force and uh, federal task force, state, county, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where are these task force that should be targeting who's selling guns, who's bringing them to our community. You know, I sat on a, a committee, uh, the Central Avenue bid uh, years ago, man, and I told them before the heroin epidemic hit our community and I saw it, man. And that's one of the things about being in a barbershop and being in the mm. front window. You have the opportunity, you have a front row seat mm. of the, the community and what's going on. You know, and Central Avenue happens to be pretty much the heartbeat of the community that runs mm -hmm. the 8th Street mm -hmm. down into the Capitol and whatnot. You know, so I saw it, man. You know what I mean? I'm seeing the heroin epidemic uh, evolve. Um, you know, mentioned it. But obviously, when you mention certain things that doesn't impact their, you know, your community is not a concern until it impacts your community. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and I had mentioned in a meeting that I'm telling you, and I knew it, that a lot of guns were coming in the community because of this epidemic. Mm. You know what I mean? Because you got people coming out of the, you know, uh, urban areas, not urban areas, rural areas. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Bringing these guns to support habits, man. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. know, I'm not just saying that that was, that was one avenue, but there's... That's a part of it. Yeah. That's part of it, man. You know what I mean? And uh, there's other other people bringing them in, too, man, besides those that are seeking heroin, man. You know, hey, hey, I appreciate the directness of it, though, because, you know what I mean, the real question is, like you said, how are they getting here? Right. And one, if you got a certain population of individuals that are on drugs, willing to do anything to get the drugs, like you said, you got to think about it. Man, most of the people who have them, uh, it's not that they have them legally. So once again, how are they getting there? And all I can think about right now when you just said it was that how old is this argument, though? Right? You know, I'm thinking of Boys in the Hood. Think about when Ricky, Trey, and um, Lawrence Fishburne went out and he was talking about gentrification going on in the community. And he was just like, why is it, a, why is it there is a, a liquor store or a gun shop on every corner? whatever. And he was like, why is all these drugs? He was like, who's bringing it in here? He was like, I don't know no black person with a plane. You know what I mean? So it's like, how, how long has that narrative gone underneath the radar? Because what you end up seeing on a day-to-day -day is us hurting us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It was just like, how are they getting there though? How is it, how is it getting there? You ain't, uh, most of the people that have them don't have the means to get it legally. So we're getting it through other means. How is it getting here? Because it's truly affecting us. Yeah, it's truly affecting us. Absolutely, man. You know, so there's a lot of things that I would like to see, man. Okay. But right now, I, I deal with what's my reality right now. And the reality is to deal with what needs to be done right now. You okay. know, and uh, man, we got to find out who's doing that, man.
We got to stop that. Okay. Uh, we stop that, we'll stop these guns from getting in the hands of our young people, man, and the wrong people. Mm. You know, find out how they're getting here. And that's okay. where a lot of these monies and emphasis need to be put toward. Let's figure out, let's find that out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know, let's continue the efforts that, 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 uh, you know, to stop some of this, to combat the violence, but let's, let's find out who's doing this. How do you mm -hmm. get here, man? Because Real it's too tough. many, brother. It's too many. There's mm -hmm. too many guns on the street, man. Now mm -hmm. listen, I'm pro-gun. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You know, I'm pro-gun. I'm pro-responsible mm -hmm. gun owner. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. but there, there's entirely too many guns on the street, brother. Mm -hmm. Too many. Nope, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'm with you 100%. And it's, um, you know, uh, just thinking of the question, though, is like, you know, uh, what would you want for Albany? Is, you know, so I'm a product of Albany, fam. I really want the community spirit back. Yeah. You know what I mean, you know, I grew up, I want to say it might have been like, to me, it feels like this, at least my generation was part of a last generation that uh, understood the importance of those that came before us and those who were coming uh, um, after us, too. And it was just like, yo, I grew up at a time period where Albany still looked good. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It felt good. I can go downtown. I'll be on Elizabeth Street. It's a basketball tournament going on at the park there. I can go down to Green Street. It's a, it's a tournament. It's, a, it's something going on down there. I can go up to Lincoln Park. It's something going on there. This is all at the same time. I can go back uptown to the new courts. It's something going on there. I can go to Third Street Park. It's something going on there. And it was just like, it felt good. You know what I mean? One, you know what I mean? So I, I, I would love to see that uh, for Albany come back, you know what I mean? Creating that spirit of true uh, true community. And it was just like, but it's hard to have it, I, to have true community, I guess, when everyone feels that, you know what I mean? They don't, they don't get those same benefits of the community. So it's kind of like, you know, why am I going to be vested in it if it's nothing in it for me? But it's a lot of it in it for all of us. You know what I mean? Once we take care of uh, each other, you know what I mean? Like you said, it's on us. Once we take care of each other, you know what I mean? We all start to, to feel the residuals of it. Be able to go outside and not have to worry about catching the stray bullet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, they shooting and doing all types of things everywhere. It's like, you know, hey, yeah. So, anywho, I I, I, I know you and I got a, a goal tonight. So, uh, you know, I, I, I ain't going to mess up our goal. Let me see. If you had a million dollars to invest in a building or a community resource in Albany, how would you spend it? It's a, a big boy question. I know you like finances. A million dollars to invest in the community? Mm -hmm. As far as just a million, just to put a million dollars? Yep. Well, I mean, a million dollars is a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money, you know, and especially when you see what the community what the needs are in the community. Um, a building, I, well, a million dollars is, I would do my best to identify a part in the community, man, that obviously, man, where you can get the most bang for the buck, man, mm. and uh, try to develop the area, uh, starting with businesses, Black businesses, man. Um, 
building something or 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 fixing up something uh strip malls something of that nature man pooling black businesses together man to start a black economic infrastructure you know to create that man. um that would be my goal i mean with a million dollars if i had to put a million into the city that's what i would do man okay. you know, um pull the black businesses together man you know and now start with these businesses uh that's been pulled together cooperative economics and start buying and developing the area you know mm. one one property at a time man there you go right there and actually uh uh just to give a little teaser uh to an interview that's coming up uh, uh I'm, I'm sitting down with uh, uh charles tui uh, uh soon on on the, on the interview too he used to be a, a huge supporter of my model program. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, uh, um, he's also the chair of the Albany Land Bank, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know what I mean, to uh, realize how many properties that Albany has uh, and, you know what I mean, what's needed to really, how much, how much more money you really need after you pay those cheap prices to get the, to mm -hmm. get the house, you know what I mean, to, to, to be able to bring back those type of, truth topics and conversations we'll be having those uh, uh pretty soon too mm -hmm. but yeah let me see all right uh think of some of your hardest learned lessons and the wisdom that you gained uh from going through those what would you tell the generation behind you uh so that they could uh get through uh bumpy roads uh one thing I would definitely tell any young person and any person is, is try to ride in the passenger seat of humility. Uh, stay humble as you possibly could. Because uh, through humility, you're protected in humility, man. Um, and you're also, you also have the opportunity to see uh, clearly you know, it, with, with the foundation, from the foundation of humility, man, you know, because humility gives you the opportunity to, to see through high grass, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You can see it, see the snake coming, you know, before it positions itself to strike you, you know, um, to stay humble, man, stay humble and to follow what's inside of you because everyone has given, has been, has been given a gift. They've been giving, given something uh, because we all are here to make a contribution to this world, to this universe, man. Mm -hmm. So that gift that you've been given inside of you, man, you follow that, you know, and you do your best to nurture that, man, and feed it so that it grows and it turns into from that seed, man, to that flower, man, that beautiful mm -hmm. flower, you know, because that's what it is. We all are beautiful flowers, man. We got mm -hmm. seeds, man, you know what I mean? And some of us are stunting our growth because right. of lack of humility, man, you know, in our decision-making and our thought process, you know, mm. uh, yo, man, brother, it's, it's our thoughts. Just like this shirt says, man, you know. Your thoughts shape your reality. Thoughts shape your reality, man, and that's a fact, brother. You know, this mm -hmm. is true. What you think about, that's what you are. So if you mm -hmm. think about negativity and, you know, doing something, being greasy, that's what you, that's who you are. You know what I mean? And, and I always tell people this as well. You are, and, and I'll tell a young person this, you are what you pray for, man. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
D, D, I think you just hit it on the head, but I'm going to go back to that conversation that I had earlier with yeah. this guy who I used to mentor, right? The entire time, no my, I'm, I'm, I'm chatting with him for at least three hours. At least three hours. I'm working at the same time, and I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm chatting with him, and I'm just like, and I'm just, I'm pressing to him exactly what you just said pretty much. is like God gives all of us particular strengths, talents, and uh, he wants us to be able to utilize those things. But nothing comes without it. And he was like, and, and I'm trying to press upon him a feeling that I have that he doesn't share right now. And I'm just like, well, bro, but you trust me though, right? I'm not going to tell you anything bad that you don't need, or I'm not going to tell you something that I don't feed myself. Right. So, you know what I mean? Because he was just like, yo, Rel, you know, I, you know I, I love what you got right now. And I was like, well, bro, do you know what I had to go through to get here? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and part of it is just staying mentally healthy. Part of it is being able to go through adversity and hard times with family, with friends, and still come out better instead of bitter. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, uh, impress, uh, uh, what's that word? Press, uh, I'm trying to instill that within him. And what mm -hmm. he told me, what he told me was just like, he said, yo, Rel, he said, I think you're just too positive, right? And, he just, and I'm just like, well, well, listen, that's a compliment, brother. I'll take it. Because right. really, like I said, man, you can do one or two things. You can be bitter or you can be better. And if, and, if, and if what you get out of your conversations with me is that I'm trying to steer you back to positivity, it's because I see something in it. Like, I can, stay, I can stay in the world of negative. I can get negative with the best of them. I love it. I, oh, you want to get active? Oh, let's get active. But at the same time, it's just like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't bring me where I need to be after I get done going through all of those emotions. It's like, you know, damn, you know what? That was some energy that didn't need to be spent on that. Right. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Right. So I, I, I'm trying to, 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 to give that understanding that you just gave indirectly. And really, it was just like, we all have a gift from God. Mm -hmm. God, God has uniquely shaped us to, to bring something into this world. And it's our job to find what our purpose is. Mm -hmm. But you can't find it by yourself. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If you've been pulling up short, part of it is, like you said, go back to that humility thing. To humble yourself, to be able to listen to somebody else, to show you a way. Everyone's way is not going to be the same. But if I've been doing it my way for this amount of time and it hasn't worked out or panned out to what I, something that I want, it's time for me to listen to somebody else and somebody else's way. And what right. I found to work is God. Right. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Me too, brother. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, actually, that, that goes back to uh, success. Success is measured in many different ways. How do you stay motivated? You know what I mean? Because I can't imagine that all your days are great. But uh, how do you stay motivated when you face obstacles in achieving your goals? Um, I stay motivated, man, by sticking to a vision, man, that, you know, was placed on me a long time ago as a child, man. Um, and it's, it's something that, you know, when you see something, I've tried to unsee it, you know, so I can be uh, – Average, you know what I mean? You know, um, and that that's the life, man. Um, and it's, it's something that, you know, 
when you see something, I've tried to unsee it, you know, so I can be uh, average, you know what I mean? You know, um, and that that's the lack of uh, not dumbing yourself down. Dumbing myself down, man. You know what I mean? You know, and I've done that, man, for a very long time. You know, when you uh, when you when you've been given something, man, that you don't deserve. You know, man, real man. I got the brother. Listen, man, I got to deviate, brother. Look, bro. I got to say this, man, and I want to say this, too, in reference to the Sergeant Henry Johnson thing, because I started out, you know, talking about accolades, man, but we need to talk about how all this happened. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you ask me questions about, you know, where am I from? Why am I here? You know, who, you know, good questions, brother, you know, but I, I don't, we're not going to get through the 20 tonight. You know, okay. we're going we're gonna to talk about that. <laughs> and I need to, you know, and it's not me, man. You know, it's okay. my father, man. You know, when I was young, I was always that kid that inquired and was very inquisitive and wanted to know things because I saw something, man. You know, and, and I saw something, but I didn't know how you get there. But I always had questions because I saw something. And it's difficult to express to someone a vision, especially when you don't have the life experience to articulate it, um, and you don't have the, the knowledge, man. But um, I've been seeing something for a long time, man, and I've been led here to this community, man. Um, it wasn't by by no happen, just it just happened that way. No, um, came here from the military, man. I uh, was looking for a job. Started at UPS. UPS let me go. Um, they only hired me for the uh, holiday hours. And me, a man with a young family and whatnot, I got to provide for my family. So one thing that my mother always told me was, whatever it is that you choose to do in life, make sure that you like it. Because if you like it, you may love it and you'll make the best of it. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have the best relationship that I would like with my mother. But that was one of the things that she told me, man, that mm. kept to me, man. And I said, all right, make sure you like it. So I always toyed with cutting hair, man, as a kid, man, 12 years old. I was cutting my hair, man. You know, my mm. uncle used to cut my hair. and I felt that I could do a better job. So I started cutting my hair. And next thing you know, my brother's looking at me and they, yo, D, man, yo, can you cut my hair too? So now I'm cutting my brother's hair. You know, and then from time or two, I cut, you know, different people through the community and whatnot. And, I was, and through my travels back and forth from uh, the South to Seattle, that was my thing. You know, I was kind of like the barber. And, um, you know, did it throughout the military. I got out. And after that, uh, being let go from uh, UPS, man, I knew that I needed to do something I like to do, but also incorporate economics. And that's where I went into the barbershop. And uh, Mr. Mike Owens, man, Mikey's Barbershop, 142 mm -hmm. Avenue, back in 1994, man. This is the brother who gave me an opportunity. He gave me the opportunity to uh, provide for my family. And I'll never forget that. 
and I took advantage of that opportunity. It was funny when I first went to uh, ask him for a job. He said, "Hey, uh, you got a resume?" And I said, "No, sir, I don't." He said, "Bring your resume." So I left, man. I could I called a cab, a colony. Only place to get a resume was out colony that would get me one done that at mm. right on the spot. So I called a cab, man. I had that much money. Called a cab out the colony, man. Got the cab, got the resume, came right back to Mr. Mike, man. And I said, Mr. Mike, Mr. Mike said, I told you, you know, he said, young man, I told you to bring back the resume. I said, sir, I did. Mm -hmm. He said, you got the resume? I said, absolutely. So it was off of that he told me. He said, listen, I don't know if you know how to cut hair, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to give you an opportunity because how bad you want this opportunity. I have to give you a chance. You know, young man, you went, you know, before the, the close of business, I had a resume, man. You know what I mean? So um, that's where it began, man, 1994. And, 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 and getting to know the community, I started to see a need. And I started to see where I could fit in the community. As far as, okay, I'm a passionate man. I care about people. And the more people, as my clientele starts to grow, I'm having the conversations with people about the community. So, I'm, you know what? I need to get involved. And that's where I started, man, 1995, getting involved in the community. And, you know, and next, you know, John and I from True Images, man, you know, we linked, we, we cut together at Mikey's and um, we uh, launched uh, True Images together, man. And that's what you saw in that post, man, where I put that, uh, you know, hey, look, I hadn't spoken to the man in 23 years, you know, uh, since that. Uh, yeah, that was dope. You know, yeah, man, that was, yo, bro, and I meant that. You know, I love that brother, man. That brother, you know, he taught me. Mr. Mike gave me an opportunity, but John taught me how to fish. And he, <laughs> he could have fed me for a day, brother, but he taught me how to fish for the rest of my life. And since then, it's been a blessing, man. And I'm truly grateful. You know, um, for years, I've struggled with the duality, the spiritual mm -hmm. man and the fleshly man, you know, and also having this vision that you have that you see that has to come out, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? And I'm learning and I'm going through stuff. I'm making mistakes, man. You know, I'm not a perfect person. I'm not on here to say that, hey, look, these just mm -hmm. the best things since sliced bread. Not at all, fam. I'm not, I'm not here to say that, man. But I can say that I humbly appreciate everything God has allowed me to do, you know what I mean, up to this point. You know, there's so much stuff that he's allowed me to do that I've forgotten about, you know. Um, one of the great opportunities was working with you, brother. You know, mm -hmm. we did what we did, man, you know what I mean, which still exists to this day, you know what I mean. It wasn't because of bricks. You know, that was because of you, brother. That was your idea. Hey, brother, let's give back to the community. This is my organization whatnot. Great idea. Fell in love with it. Still love it to this day. And we do it because because this is what you did, man, you know, and that's all I want to do, brother, is be a blessing to people. I see, and I'm going to use my influence, and I'm going to leverage it and the relationship that I have to make better and more opportunities for the community. This is who Daryl is, man, you know what I mean? Daryl is a man who was committed to the God a long time ago. I'm not going to say that I'm some person that can quote scriptures up and, you know, all the scriptures in the Bible. No, 
you know, but there are some that do resonate within me mm -hmm. that I speak about, you know, and um, I've made myself available, man, for the community, man. So when I talk about Sergeant Henry Johnson at 369th, this, this is an organization that the Lord allowed me to see that is a viable vehicle that can be uh, uh, enhanced, for lack of better words, you know what I mean? And programs and initiatives could be birthed through this, but I knew that there has to be some attention to come to it. You know, because mm -hmm. one thing about, I've learned about people, people like to see things. If they don't Correct. see anything, man, they're really not going to be inspired, inspired to uh, really be a part of it or, or to do anything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I knew that, you know, with the brothers, the small membership that we had, there's some things that we have to do, man. And that is to reach out to different entities, man, different people, uh, leverage relationships to bring some attention to what's here. And that's great. And that should live on. You know, so man, I know I'm rambling, man. I'm just no. Nah, listen, listen. You done said so much. You done said so much. Your army, man. No, for real. It's a fact, man. I love y'all, man. I love y'all because I know who I am. You understand what I'm saying? You can't say you love if you don't know who you are. You don't love yourself. I love myself. I know who I am. So when I say that, I mean that. You know, for those who don't know me, man. Yo, I'm a loving. Those who do know me, yo, please tell people how I am, that this is real. This ain't no game. This ain't fake. And I'm not asking of anything. I don't want nothing. I don't want no political position. I don't want none of that, man. You understand what I'm saying? Yo, God has blessed me, and I've been operating in favor that I didn't ask for. And it's just unfolding this way, brother. It's unfolding, man. So, you know, I stopped running. Because I ran, I've been running for 40 some years from this, you know, trying to unsee something that I don't, that I didn't want to see, but I made myself available for it. And that's why people got to be careful. You got to be careful what you pray for, because God will give you something. Because you, you might get it. You <laughs> might get it, and it ain't how you want it. Because best believe, man, the quiet person, the quiet nature, reserved nature that I am, you know, man, I'm not getting in public speaking, doing this, and you know, meeting people, establishing relationships with powerful people all around the world, brother. Mm -hmm. Man, come on, man. This ain't nothing but God, man. This ain't D, man. This ain't D. This ain't D, man. He ain't yeah. want none of that. But people you know always say, why, why me? Uh, you know, uh, and then other people say, you know, why not me? Right. You know what I mean? So you, you go back to... Uh, uh, in the Bible, it'll say, you know, in Ecclesiastes, one of my favorite books, you know, it's just like, it's a season for everything. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so you got a season of running, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I got a season to play in. I got a season for war. I got a season for forgiveness. I got a season for reconciliation. It's a season for everything. And you got to go through all of these seasons to have a better understanding of your purpose. Because, Absolutely. you know, I had to be the young, reckless Tyrell to be able to experience or appreciate the mature, responsible me. And right. I'm all of it. I'm still the young, reckless one, too. Yeah. But, you know, now it's just like, you know, you got different responsibilities and you realize that it's not just your physical responsibilities, but you're held accountable to what you know. 
Right. You know right. what I mean? So it's just like, I know better. So right. even if I wanted to act like I didn't, I can't. Right. So, so that duality, like you said earlier, is like you struggle with, like, well, everybody else is just doing this. Well, why can't I do it? But it ain't, it ain't for me. Oop. It ain't for me. Oop. And I Oop. <laughs> trust me. I tried it, y'all. I tried it all, man. Seriously. <laughs> you know, and, and I couldn't ignore what was in my heart, man. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, God has been, God has been good, man. He's been covering me and protecting me. And I knew a long time ago that he wasn't going to keep blessing me and my foolishness, man, that I had to switch up, you know, grow up and man up, you know, and uh, be obedient to his word, man. And that's it, brother. And that's what people see. And the people like, yo, D, how you do, man? Listen, brother, I ain't do nothing. You know, it's called yeah. being obedient, man. You know, I've just been obedient to God, man. I ain't asked for none of this. How you always doing something and this and that? Like, man, look, this is what it is. This is what it is. I'm not trying you know what I mean? You know, when you when you surrender to the Father, man, to be led, things happen, man. And this is things happening. And he's doing it for a reason. And I'm all in, man. I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's go. Let's go. You know what I mean? Let's go. We need to get to where we need to get to as a people. And I'm all in, man. And I'm not afraid. I loosed myself of fear a long time ago, brother. I'm not afraid, man. I've accepted any and all consequences for standing up for righteousness, man. You know what I mean? I ain't afraid, man. Come on, brother. Okay. Okay. Brother. As John Lewis said, getting into good trouble. Yeah. Get into good trouble. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So, and, and that's it, man. It, 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 you know, you know, sometimes people see the, your end product and don't understand the journey that it takes you to get to the end product. And that's why they say, you know I mean? Some of the best preachers are the individuals who have gone through and tried almost everything. Yep. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And it was just like, hey, listen, I'm not perfect. And that's perfect. the best person you can be. Perfect. You know what I mean? Perfect. Listen, I, there's, no, there's no pressure. He's like, I'm not perfect. I done made every possible mistake that you can make. And I've learned from every last one of them too. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't gonna catch me in that one again. <laughs> you know what I mean, but brother, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm gonna tell you, man. If I were to characterize my youth, you know, and how someone on the outside would have viewed me as a fuck up, a mm -hmm. problem child, a problem. That's how I was looked at, brother. You know what I mean? That's how I was talked about as a problem, a burden. You know. I didn't want that anymore. I didn't want people looking at me like that anymore. I didn't want people talking about me like that anymore. You know what I mean? You know, so I had to make the necessary choices, man. That's another thing that I'll tell young people. Listen, the power, and also grown people, the power is in the choice, brother. Mm. Power, the true power of God is in the choice. You know, that's why he gives us the ability to make choices, free will, man. You can choose success. You can choose failure. You can choose life. You can choose death. It's a choice. Now, some things are inevitable. You know what I mean? Death is for certain. You know what I mean? That's going to happen. But you can choose certain situations and put yourself yes, in certain sir. situations that equal to death, man. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? So, yo, look, the power's in the choice, man. Because before God works in your life, God may be covering you and under his grace and mercy, but before he works in, his, in your life, you got to choose him. You got to accept. So that's the choice. That's the power, man. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? 
Yo, for him to be a fake, you got to accept, bro. I had to throw my hand. Bro, I've been running. I've been running, bro. Running from this shit. All, everything y'all been seeing in me in Albany, man. You know what I mean? As far as, yo, black man, yo, I've been running. Yo, track shoes on, man. Track shoes on. You know, because I saw what it is that God has me to do. And brother, and there was fear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, God, come on, man. You ain't got, I ain't, no. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. You got me doing this? Oh, man, I ain't asked for this, man. Mm-hmm. I ain't asked for this. This ain't sometimes. It, sometimes it's, it's the fear of knowing you're going to have to change and not knowing if you're going to be able to live up to that change. Yeah. Like I, I, I told somebody before, it was like, I used to be scared of being positive, D. I used to be scared of being positive. You know what I mean? Coming from, uh, uh, my environment and was just like what was considered to be cool, what you needed to do to uh, uh, to be real. Right. Like, well, you know, I used to be scared to be positive because yeah. it was just like I thought I was going to have to change myself. I was going to have to create myself into a character that I didn't know. Right. And that scared me. And right. then it was just like I said, once I realized that 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 was a false reality, as they say, fear. You know what I mean? That was a false reality. It was just like, I could still be authentic rail and be positive. Right. I can still be connected to these people over here in the streets. I can be connected to these entrepreneurs over here. I can be connected to wherever I needed to be connected to. And you know what I mean? Once you get to that, uh, once you get to that place of acceptance, you know what I mean? You start to accept your responsibility, your God purpose right. a little bit more because it's just like, you know, Hey, you know what? Now all my friends, my wife says, says it all the time. All my friends always make fun of me right now because when something's going on, they be like, I well, I know you're going to start talking about God. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, listen, but this is this is my personality. This right. is who I am yeah. now. And, I, and I'm yeah. talking to you from yeah. experience. Yeah, yeah, You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. You know what well, I mean? But it be like, yeah. Yeah, man, that's me, man. That's, bro, that's... <laughs> <man>. <laughs> That's yeah. what, you know what, man? Let's talk a little bit more about this, man. Yeah, hey, man. You should have been on my call earlier today because you don't know how hard it was trying to convince this young man, you know what I mean, that the key, there's only one thing. You know what I mean? It was like, bro, you want a lot of things, but it's only one thing you need. One thing. He's like, what is it, Rel? God. He sets the foundation for every other type of relationship that you have period. Now, you know what I mean? My more mature mature self at 36, you know what I mean? I realized some of the errors that, uh, uh, you know, I had even earlier on with my, with, uh, with my earlier program with Model. You know what I mean? Like, I know you mentioned earlier about, like, doing the community cut stride. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That was an awesome time period. It was, you know what I mean, my number one labor of love outside of fathering kids. You know what I mean? Uh, working with that program, but I also realized there was still so much growth and development and hardship and experience I still had to go through to really be humbled enough to allow God to use me mm-hmm. the way that I allow him to use me now. Mm-hmm. So like doing back, it's just like I got to tell myself every time I feel myself getting anxious, wanting to do too much, it's just like, uh-uh. Make sure that you give the glory, the honor back over to God so that that way you have proper perspective on this right. period. Right. You know what I mean? But you got to go through, you got to go through everything. You got to run a little bit. You got to go through 
hardships to learn how to balance the gift that he puts in our hands. Right. Yeah, man. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Let me see. Like that's, see. That, that's the story, you know? You got to go through something to have a story, brother. You know, mm -hmm. there's no such thing as the, yeah, you get the overnight, bam, I'm mm -hmm. successful today, but you have nothing to support that success. There's no story mm -hmm. to go along with it. You know what I mean? And usually with uh, success stories, man, there's a story, brother. August Alcina just said it on, on his last album. You know, I'm taking musically because that, that's my joint. But uh, okay. he said it on his, on his last album. And just like, you know, if you get it very fast and you don't understand or appreciate how you got it, you'll lose it very fast. Oh, yeah, that's a fact. You that's know what I mean? Period. Absolutely. Period. But, you know what I mean? That, that brings me to this question here. What about your life's path are you most proud of? My life's path that I'm most proud of, oh, man, brother. Um, I'd say at this particular time, definitely uh, working. Oh, man, brother, there's so many things I'm proud of, man. I'm, I'm proud of everything, brother. You know, but definitely uh, with the, the Veterans Association, man, because I see the potential and I see, okay. I see what it's, it's going to be um, and how it's going to impact the community. Um, with uh, some phenomenal uh, uh, programs and initiatives uh, through this this vehicle, man, because that's what it is, man. It's a it's a dope vehicle. It's a vehicle that we're also looking to uh, bring some new members in coming in September, and we're also going to uh, get the community involved as well. So we're going to be starting a civilian auxiliary um, community involved, man. So. It's, it's, I'm proud of that, man. You know, I'm, I'm very proud of it. You know, like I said, just having the opportunity to, you know, and it's not me, but God put me in, you know, in this documentary with great people. You know what I mean? And it's all him. You know, I didn't want any of this. You got hitters in there. Hmm? Oh, man. Brother, it's powerful, brother. Ooh, man. It's, it's powerful, man. And I'm just... I'm blessed, man. You know, I'm blessed. And I just want to continue being a blessing. And that's what's important. That's that's the importance. You know, that I'm, I'm proud of being a blessing, man. And being able to be a blessing. You know, I'm proud of that, man. Okay. Okay. I got a question for you. Uh, and, and you probably touched on this a little bit earlier, uh, going back and forth from uh, Louisiana and Seattle, I mean, uh, or Washington. Uh, but how has traveling and or relocation impacted your values and your, wor uh, your worldview? How has traveling impacted? Oh, man. Um, just having the opportunity to be in different environments and you're learning, you know, cultures. Uh, even stateside, man, you know, I, uh, a while, about six years ago, um, I was going through some things, man, and I needed some time to myself, and, you know, I left, I went to the barbershop, told the fellas, hey, fellas, I'm out, they're like, where you going? I said, California, they said, how long? I said, I don't know, so I went to California, man, and I got my, uh, my CDL, and, uh, and got a truck, and I just drove around the country, man, mm. and, um, I had the opportunity to stop in every state that you can drive through and most most cities in the country just to peep the vibe, man. Mm. And, 
and this is America, and I'm just peeping the vibe in, you know, Idaho and Wisconsin and, you know, you know, Kentucky and all different places, Louisville, you know what I mean? And all throughout the, you know, throughout the country, man. It really helped me put a lot of things in perspective as far as okay. we're all going through the same thing, man. You know, everybody's everybody's going through the same thing throughout the country. We might say it a little differently, but it's all the same. Mm. Mm -hmm. And you get to see it. You get to see it uh, on so many different levels. It was just like, you know, for those of you guys who haven't picked up yet, you know what I mean? Like I said, I know I think I might have touched it, but, you know, Daryl is a is a barber. You know what I mean? He's, he owns one of the most profitable and uh fun places to go to go get your hair haircut so sitting in your chair for all of these years you've seen and come into contact with all types of people mm -hmm. and it was just like you know people people who go to the barbershops or to the hair salons they realize how important and impactful uh, uh, uh these places are uh they're pillars in the community so it's just like everybody goes to the barbershop. You know what I mean? You guys get to touch so many different people. That's part of your travel, too. That's right. part of your walk. It was just like, yeah. and you don't got to do anything for it. It's just like they just coming in, and yeah. you hearing the stories of everybody. Yeah, this is a fact, man. You know, you, you're hearing it all, man. You know, and that's why I always tell people we're unofficial psychologists, you know, because <laughs> we have to be able to meet everyone on their level depending on who they are, no matter who they are, you know, so wherever they are, you got to meet them, man, especially if you want to be a good barber and you want to keep that person as a client, you know, you got to communicate with them, you know, and you have to be able to communicate with them no matter who, who they are, you know. One time uh, when I first opened Bricks, man, back in 99, uh, it was in 99, it might have been 99 when he came through, but anyway, my boy brought uh, Dick Gregory by the barbershop. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't know he was doing it. I guess Mr. Gregory was in town. There was a caucus. It might have been caucus weekend or something like that. So he brought him by, but Dick Gregory, Mr. Gregory walked in the barbershop by himself. My boy was in the car, I guess, parking the car. Now I'm getting ready to close up, man. I'm sweeping the floor. And, but I, we were still open. You know, I said, all right, this gentleman wants to cut, I'll cut his hair. So I'm sweeping up. I said, yes, sir, how may I help you? I didn't recognize who he was. And he said, um, I said, can I help you, sir, for a haircut? He said, do I look like I need a haircut? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm, you know, we get ready clothes, man. I'm like, yo, this old dude in here tripping right now, man. You know what I'm saying? He said, huh? Do I look like I need a haircut? And then I got closer to him. I realized... Oh shit, man! This dick Gregory. Mm -hmm. Oh man, you know. And uh, I'm gonna tell you, brother, that day changed my life. Uh, mm -hmm. To have the opportunity to be spoken to by one of the griots, mm -hmm. you know, of, of African American people, man. And for him to tell me, and at, well, first he asked me. He said. Do you know who you are? And I told him, I said, no, sir. He said, do you know who you are in this position as a barber? And I said, no, sir, can you tell me? He told me, man, he said, listen, man, you have the opportunity to touch people and touch their heads. 
So when you cut their head, you put something in it. Mm. Don't just take something off. You make sure you put something back in them heads when you cut mm. that hair off. And you make yeah. sure you have something for everybody that sits in your chair that you got something to put in their head. And I said, yes, sir, man. You know, and this was, uh, yeah, man, this was around 99, 2000, something like that, man. And that day changed my life, man. And uh, mm. I'll never forget that, man. And that's what I did. I took every opportunity to talk to people, man, and reach mm. people and, uh, and, and to give them something, man. You know, mm. and bro, it, still doing it to this day, man. It's a blessing, man. I'm just so blessed. Tyrell, man, I can sit on this thing and ramble, brother, and talk about the goodness of God, man, and what he's done for me and the things that he's allowed me to do and the people that I've met in my travels, man. You know, it's nothing but him, man. You know, not just met, relationships, established mm -hmm. relationships with people, man. Well, it's crazy, brother. This is unbelievable, man. And I know you won't bring it up, but I want to bring it up because uh, I got a lot of friends – uh, uh, um, that have gone through the correctional uh, uh, system. I still got some of my closest friends that's that, that's in there. Right. So you know, uh, uh, in speaking with you, uh, I was very impressed with um, uh, what you're doing for the correctional uh, uh, system, and to be able to help individuals. Um, what's the word? Um, reintegrate back in the communities. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the work that you're doing? Don't worry, this question is off the script. It's not oh, on here. Oh, it's all so, good. <laughs> you know, uh, can you tell me a little bit more about that work and, 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 and how you're and, and how you're working in, in, in that scene? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm a, uh, a vocational instructor with the New York State Department of Corrections and myself and uh, Duan Pair, we run a, a program, man, uh, a day and evening program where we teach uh, inmates. Well, you know, in my class, they're students, but we teach these men uh, how to cut hair. Uh, we get them licensed by the state of New York once they complete the program. And we also issue them tools for reentry into society uh, in hopes that, you know, they have, they take advantage of that opportunity to become you know, productive members of society, and especially have when they have the uh, the, uh, the the tools and the skills to uh, to work. Mm. Um, so it's it's bro. I'm telling you, man. I never thought that I would enjoy going to prison on a day-to-day mm. -day basis, but I enjoy it, man. Mm. And it's a blessing that I have. You know, to talk to to men. You know what I mean. And a lot of these men, broken men. And men who have done some things, you know, understand that they may not be uh, too the, feel proud about, but are having difficulties, man, with going back home and uh, mm. making the decision to do the right thing. Correct. And, uh, or do the wrong thing, man. So I see the struggle. And that's why it's also important for communities to come together, you know, so we can organize and we can put things in place so we can we can we can help some of these brothers, man. We can receive them, you know what I mean? Because you got a lot of brothers, man. You know, not all of them, you know, want to do the right thing, but there are a few, man, that really want 
the opportunity. Mm-hmm. They really want to change, man. You know, but in order for them to stay consistent in their change and their process, there has to be opportunities for them, man. Correct. There has to be Correct. opportunities and there has to be uh, structure. So they, there has to be a community. They need mm-hmm. to be able to come back to a community, not the hood. They got to come back to the community, man. So, you know, that's great, man. I, I, I love it, man. I, I love that. I love doing it, man. I love being a part of that. Mm-hmm. It made me, it made me, um, uh, it made me think about, um, uh, you know, when I was in seventh grade, I had a, I, I had a plan and a vision in seventh grade, right? And because already at that point in my life, you know, I have experienced close friends of mine going to jail, um, you know, I mean, uh, people passing. Uh, at seventh grade, I told myself, you know, I remember being uh, uh, interviewed for something and I had, they was like, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, I wanted to open up my own business that employed the youth, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That taught them computer skills and life skills pretty much to help them navigate their way up uh, uh, out of uh, these situations. You right. know what I mean? And it's crazy because uh, a thought in seventh grade you know what I mean, uh, uh, has been following me that entire time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, we started model when I was still an undergrad uh, at Johnson C. Smith, right? Mm-hmm. And after I graduated, you know, I got incorporated as a, a, a non-for-profit in a 501c3 in Albany. Mm-hmm. And it was like that, that thought or that seed had started way back then because it was just like I realized that the community needed way more than what we had. It was like, you know, so many people have already dubbed you as a failure or they uh, they think that they know your story before you even have a chance to tell your story or to create a story. Right. And it was like, and I always wanted to be able to change the narrative. And it was just like, you know, hearing what you're doing for the inmates, you know what I mean, resonated with me because it, it brings hope and it gives tools that I can use on a day-to-day basis to fish for myself when I get back out here, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? As opposed to going back to maybe what I'm used to, I have another set of tools. And the more tools we add to that chest, you know what I mean? It's kind of like even being in a relationship, you know what I mean? I, I call myself the, uh, I'm a, I, I test everything out in my relationship, you know what I mean? I'm going to read this book, I'm going right. to see how this works. Everything gets tested in there. So, you know what I mean? I add these tools to my war chest. So mm-hmm. they're adding tools to their war chest as a result of the teachings that uh, you and uh, Mr. Perry are given. You know what I mean? So kudos for that, brother, because you, among all of the other things that you're doing, you know what I mean, uh, uh, that one uh, definitely uh, uh, stood out and resonated with me. So I just wanted to highlight that one, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. No problem. No yep. problem. Let me see. Uh uh, think of your skills, D. What skills or knowledge have you acquired that could benefit our communities? Uh, and I think you've touched on a lot of this already. But uh, if there's something particular, like what skills of knowledge that you have gained over the years uh, 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 that you would like to um, impart on the community, if I'm saying that right? Well, you know, one of the things that I have identified within myself is that, you know, I, 
I feel that I have the ability, been blessed with the ability to mediate, you know, mm -hmm. um, bridge the gap with other groups, mm -hmm. people. Um, I've been blessed with, uh, you know, how to, you know, articulate, you know, really talk to people, man, and not in a way to where, look, you respect, not everyone has the ability to communicate properly. Man. Correct. Um, and I respect everyone, you know, no effort is a small effort to me. So I don't talk to someone or talk down or, you know, make them feel as if, they we can't communicate man so that in uh in leadership man you know uh you know leader bro you know it, like i said you know i uh you know didn't want certain aspect aspects of leadership but i welcome all of it now um and i'm willing to uh yo man make myself available to do what's necessary for change man you know i'm all in brother i'm all in okay all in. Okay. 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 And unbeknownst to you, we're on question number 19 out of 20. Wow, that's crazy, man. All right, cool, man. <laughs> so I got I got I got two more questions for you, brother. Uh let me see. Um what opportunities um uh, do you wish to create uh for Albany? You know, I mean you've been here uh what do you say since uh the early nineties. Yeah. Um, so, so you've gotten a chance to see uh, uh, just as much a, 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 as I have, uh, you know, because you know, uh, and by the time you got here, I, I think I might have just been going into high school. So, um, actually, take that back. I was still in middle school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I mean, so uh, what opportunities do you wish to create for Albany? Um, and it might be some of the things that you've already created. But because uh, uh, actually, you know what? Uh, I'm a, uh, I just I just thought of something as I, as I'm answering the question. It was just like you know, through the barbershop, I've I've watched you guys embark on uh, several different things in my time and knowing you. Mm -hmm. Whether it is uh, even with Danny getting involved in the boxing scene with his brother, whether it was you guys bringing comedians into to the Albany community whether it was partnering with, uh, uh, with us at Model uh, to, to, to uh, uh, give uh, a haircut, uh, free haircuts to the kids going back to school, you know what I mean? What do you wish to create for Albany? Man, I, I wish to continue doing what, you know, I've been doing, but on a grander scale is creating op economic opportunities, man. You know, um, that's what BRICS is, man. BRICS has been a platform of building for, for, for the community, getting involved in the community, but also giving brothers an opportunity, man, to provide for themselves and their families, man. You know, uh, we've been teaching barbers, man, employing barbers, and also encouraging barbers to do their own thing, you know, to where there's several businessmen now in the communities, man, throughout the capital region who are doing great works, man. You know, so economic opportunities, man. I just partnered with uh, a brother from Albany, man, Joel McGill, man. You know Joel? Joel McGill? Mm, I can't say I do. Joel McGill, man. Joel McGill and I, man, we started a company together called JD Glove Guys. But Joel, Joel also owns uh, McWoods Distribution out in 
uh, Oakland, California, man. And he services the Bay Area. So this is a new business venture that I'm in personally. He's been in it for a couple of years. And, uh, and it's dope, man. This is why you always do right by people and never overlook a child, man. You know, don't overlook a child because you don't know who that young person is going to grow up to be, you know. So it was funny, man. I was sitting in uh, my class in the, inside the facility, and uh, I had to uh, order some items for my class. And they said, uh, well, Daryl, you know, before, you know, you, uh, you had to find a, uh, a minority vendor. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, you know, I'm looking for minority vendors and whatnot, man. Bro, I had difficulty finding minority vendors in the state of New York. Not to say that there isn't any. Mm -hmm. I had difficulty finding it. So, but uh, with a long story, make a long story short, it clicked because I remember Joel telling me about what he does. Mm. So this brother, man, listen, I, I gave him my idea and whatnot, and I told him, I said, yo, Joel, man, I said, yo, man, I think there's an opportunity here in the state of New York, man, for your, you know, for what you do. So this brother flew me out, man. Yo, he said, D, man, what you doing tomorrow? And I was like, what? He said, yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> Yo, flew me out. No, serious, bro. Listen, bro. Flew me out, man. I had one of the best times that I've ever had in my life. One, you chilling with a young brother, man, who you love, man, and that you help mentor and, you know, look at him and see how he's living and the things he's doing. You know, you're proud of him. But now on top of that, he presents you with an opportunity to be a part of what he's doing, man. Mm -hmm. So that weekend, you know, he had a, there was a conference, man, and he was the uh, minority business owner that spoke at the Twitter conference, man. Mm -hmm. So, man, we had Twitter headquarters, man. You know, and we, you know, it was, you know, had the car service drop us off, man, we had Twitter headquarters. And I'm watching this brother from Albany, man. Mm -hmm. Albany on stage at Twitter. You got Google there, Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? PayPal, you know, because it was about supplier diversity. So he was the, the speaker. He was the, the business, minority business owner, you know, speaking on supplier diversity, man. So, bro, man, and he and I, man, you know, we, that's all we want to do is nice. create opportunities for the city, man. So we have another vehicle, man, that we're working on that's, that's in place, man. It's funny, I just got my business cards today, bro. <laughs> Hype, man, you know, for real, bro, you know, because, and then, too, I had the opportunity to be around black suppliers, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that are getting, you know, we right down at the Bay, man, in San Francisco, brother, and there's containers coming off these ships, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, and I'm like, wow, these mm -hmm. brothers and sisters doing this, you know, I was exposed to economics nice. on a whole nother level, man, you know, so... Mm -hmm. My, my things have changed for me. I've changed. I changed my life. And it happened right before this COVID situation took place. Mm. So mind you, man, during this COVID shutdown, you know, and I'm so blessed, blessed mm -hmm. that brother, man, me and this brother was selling PPE, man, during this whole time, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, so where, you know, bro, God is good, man. God is there good. There you go. So, but, Economic opportunities, brother. That's okay. what I want to provide. Opportunities okay. for people to make okay. money. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. I appreciate it. Yeah, Let man. me see. Let me see. 
currently, uh, and this is this is my last official question for you, but I always have one uh, one statement or one ask that I ask every uh, interviewee before you leave. But this yeah. is my last official question for you. Right, Are man. there any resources like apps, books, uh, podcasts, uh, media accounts that inspire you that you're following right now that you can share with the public? Uh, man, nah, brother, but I'm, I'm following yours and I'm going to share this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Touche. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. brother. But nah, okay. I don't, man. I really don't. I really don't watch. Okay. You know, nah, I don't. Okay. I'm definitely okay, fair. brother. No okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, listen. Well, I, I definitely appreciate. I, I appreciate the support, um, and I always support. And I'm sitting here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself in this Westland right now, so I'm seeing my shirt. Uh, I always support. So even, even on my shirt, uh, it says "Keep the money on the Ford." I don't know if you can see it. Okay. But it says, uh, "Keep the money on the Ford," and it's yeah. actually uh, one of the guys uh, from Charlotte. Uh, who went to Johnson C. Smith with me, who started Model with me when it was still just a student organization. Okay. But he does amazing work uh, uh, down in the Charlotte uh, community. But one of his things is keep the money on the Ford. My university is built on uh, uh, Betty's, Ford, Betty's Ford Road in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he started a whole initiative to support Black-owned businesses. Like on the back of my shirt, let me see if you can get that. Let's see. Yeah. But on the back of my shirt, is, it's a listing of uh, all of the businesses pretty much to promote uh, passing a dollar and keeping a dollar in yeah. the black community. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll use that segue to go ahead and plug him then. Yeah, absolutely. That's what's up, man. Okay. Yeah, that's what's all about, brother. You know what I mean? It's time for us to put our money together, mm -hmm. you know, and because we do have that economic, we have the buying power, you know, mm -hmm. put our money together, man, and just start buying. You know, okay. supporting one another and buying, man. We need that. We need that Tulsa, Oklahoma again, man. Yeah, and, man. You know, so I, that's what I would really like to see happen here in Albany because Albany is a is a very is a small community, man. Mm -hmm. Unique, and it has so much upside, man. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it could be done. It could be done, and it's gonna be done, brother. It's just it's gonna it's it's like any infection, man. You know, it gets worse before it gets better. But yo, it's Correct. gonna it's gonna get good, man. You know, what I, mean? I believe so too. I believe yeah. so too, yeah. man. And part yeah. of it is staying positive. Staying, staying positive, positive, even when you see a bunch of negative, because yeah. you know, eventually that negativity is gonna die down too. And as my pastor says it on my church every week, he was like, "You, we done been in lockdown for the last five months. The question isn't, you know, what I mean, uh, uh, or shouldn't be on." how things were before you went in, it's going to be how you are coming out of this. Right. And if you're not better, you know I mean, what were you doing with your time? Right. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, man. Hey, listen, I've, uh, uh, we have gotten through uh, all of our questions for tonight. Uh, uh, and uh, my, my final uh, statement or question would be, if there is anyone that you would recommend, D, that you think that I should interview next, this is the last question I always ask all of the interviewees because I'm tapping into the people. Uh, my first set of interviews for my back interviews are people that, one, I've communicated with or done business with or individuals who I see 
and that inspire me when I watch their social media feeds and, and see what they're doing. But I always like to ask uh, the interviews, uh, the people that I'm, I'm interviewing as well, because I'm sure that you have somebody else that may inspire you. So if there was a one person that you think I should interview uh, for these back interviews, who would it be? Man, I'm going to tell you, brother, I'm going to say a name, but uh, <clears throat> and uh, I really feel that this brother needs a platform to speak and to say something. And, uh, and that's the brother Aaron Dare, man. Okay. You know, definitely, bro. You know, okay. That brother's been on my heart, man. He's been on my spirit. And that's, I couldn't see any other name but his at this, at this time, okay. man. But yeah, Aaron Dare. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Hey, listen, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it uh, just as that. Thank you very much for the recommendation. <laughs> and I yeah. will add him to the, uh, I'll add him to the, uh, to the book uh, for uh, potential uh, uh, people to interview. So thank you very much for that one. Yeah. D, I always tell you, brother, it's always a blessing and honor and a privilege to speak whenever we do catch up. Um, I'm extremely proud of you. Uh, I'm extremely thankful to know you. And I'm, in sh I'm extremely thankful that our relationship has evolved over the years. So Absolutely. keep doing what you're doing. Uh, uh, keep staying positive and, and keep being the inspiration that you are. Absolutely, man. And you continue doing the same thing, man. And uh, God bless you as well, man. Love you, brother. Appreciate you, I, man. I love you too, man. Thank you very much, my dude. You have a good night. You too, man. Peace, man. Peace. Yeah.